Our scripture this morning that we're going to be looking at comes out of Galatians chapter 6, and we'll be looking at verses 11 through 18. And so I want to read the text to us this morning. This comes from the Apostle Paul. He says, see what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. In other words, what they were doing is trying to make themselves more acceptable to God. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ, trying to keep control and avoid weakness. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law. Yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. And then Paul says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. What strikes me about chapter 6 is how he starts this section of his letter, and he says, see what large letters I use as I write with my own hand. It, it seems as if at, at this point, Paul may have been dictating to a scribe to write down this letter to the church in Galatia. Now, the church in Galatia was full of people who were Gentile converts, who were coming out of a, a lucivious lifestyle. And so Paul is bringing them into becoming followers of Jesus. And at this point, he's, he takes over the letter and he begins to write with his own hand. See what large letters I use. It's like, I really want to take this part of the letter because this part of the letter is my passion and my heart. And I want you to hear clearly what I am saying. It feels like there's a sense of urgency when he talks about using large letters. It's almost like I can't bear the thought of someone else writing these words, so please give me the pen and let me take over at this point. This seems like a core conviction to Paul. Now, there are, there are a group of people in Galatia who are coming in behind what Paul has been doing with these new converts to Christianity, and they're trying to influence and control all that he was doing as he's teaching them about Christ. And they bring in an, an additional teaching to say, yeah, it's Jesus, but then it's Jesus plus. So in addition to Jesus, there's more that needs to happen. So they're swooping in behind and telling these Christians, Jesus isn't enough. You need Jesus plus. And when you hear the Jesus plus, that narrative is when it's like, oh, in addition to, run from that message. The gospel is simply Jesus plus nothing equals full acceptance by God. And then Paul caps it off with a consistent theme in his writing. He starts talking about boasting. And he's asking the question, what is boasting? And I asked us this morning, what is boasting? Why do we do it? Why do we feel the need for it? What's going on underneath the boasting? And I think we can all assume that underneath the boasting sometimes is excessive pride and insecurity, some kind of a wound that we boast that we, we want to make sure that we matter underneath all of our boasting. So it can't just be Jesus plus nothing equals acceptance by God. It has to be Jesus plus my accomplishments, Jesus plus my achievements, Jesus plus all of these things in addition to walking with Christ. 
I've worked hard to earn these things. These things make me more acceptable. And here's Paul, and he says, may I never boast, except in the cross, the world and all its power and achievement and importance have been crucified to me. And I, the all-important Paul, have been crucified to the world. It holds no sway over my life. This is significant for Paul because if you think about Paul's pedigree and what he brings to the table, let me just read a few things to you. Paul's pedigree was impeccable beginning from his early childhood. His parents had him circumcised in strict accordance with the command to Moses on the eighth day. He was a Jew by birth, not a proselyte. At such, he was a covenant member of the nation of Israel. Paul insisted that he was a Hebrew to the Hebrews, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was a member of the tribe of Benjamin, the only tribe to side with Judah during the divided monarchy. That tribe was considered an aristocratic leader among others, and in fact, it was the tribe the first to have Israel's Saul, the king. Paul's pedigree alone would have placed him as someone who held the right to rule. Paul had been a Pharisee and has such a reputation for strict adherence to the law. No one could question his passion for defending the law of Moses and harassing anyone who would dare to contravene it. Particularly well known was his persecution of the new movement called the church. And then in a startling statement of former self-righteousness, he claims that when measured by the law, he saw himself as being without sin, blameless. At the least, he felt that others saw him that way, and they probably did. It was as if Paul came as close to living a perfectly righteous life as anyone possibly could. And if anyone had the right to boast, it was Paul. Now, what are some of the characteristics of a boaster? A boaster tends to be an over-exaggerator, uh, making themselves more socially desirable, um, social media bragging, have you seen this before, where people are like, I guess I have to fly to Costa Rica because my boss wants me to meet with a group of high officials, and so I have to go to Costa Rica of all places. Oh boy, this is difficult for me. That's how our culture works in the West, overstating our importance, driven by the need to see our pedigrees and our accomplishments. And here's Paul, may I never boast except in the cross. The way in which the world works holds no sway over my life. I died to that way of life. I'm no longer driven by the need to self-elevate. And then why in the cross? Why is Paul holding up the cross as the thing to boast in? This symbol of cruelty, this symbol of public humiliation in the Roman world, which was deeply rooted in shame. See how weak is the one who is nailed up on the cross. The Roman machine was designed to humiliate weak people, letting the world know that if you choose a different path and oppose the way of Rome, you will end up like the weak ones. And yet Paul elevates the cross. He goes so far as to begin boasting in the cross, boasting in weakness, boasting in suffering, boasting the same path that led Jesus to the cross. I've been crucified with Christ. Paul is taking his pedigree, his accomplishments, his perfection, laying it all down. Put me up there with Jesus. That's strength. Are you thinking, thanks, John. It would have been nice to have more information. A lot of things, a lot of questions. It would have been really great if we could have had some other things locked down. And you give us 21 chapters 
And when you read through the Gospel of John, it's like from chapters 11 all the way to 21, it really focuses on Jesus' death and resurrection, pointing to where he's headed and nothing is deterring Jesus from that. It's almost as if John is saying, that's everything that you need to know. That's it. Boasting in this. And here's Paul concluding his letter. See what large letters are boasting in weakness. I hear the words of Paul ringing in my ears. I have been crucified with Christ. I now no longer live. It's Jesus plus nothing. End of story. And that's what I brag about. And so when someone comes along and tells you how amazing you are, you appreciate it, you say thank you. It feels good, but it doesn't define who you are. And when someone comes along and tells you what a dismal failure you are, it hurts. You don't like it, but my story doesn't end there. It doesn't define me. I'm reminded of Paul's words. I boast in a symbol of weakness, boasting in our weakness. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And being part of a community where we boasted in our insufficiencies and our weaknesses. Not in the false pride kind of motivated way of being rooted in something else, but being completely rooted in the joy of admitting our weaknesses. When I am weak, Jesus fills up more space. When I am less, Jesus fills up more space. I thought of the words that Paul later writes to the church in Philippi, in which he says in chapter 2, in your relationships with one another, how you relate, how you connect, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Did you hear that? God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name in heaven, under earth, on the earth, every dominion, that every tongue would acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the point of even death on a crux. Crux re represents humiliation, Roman humiliation. The crux is where you put enemies of the state. It's capital punishment. And Jesus is up on a cross. And here is what Paul is saying. That weakness, that humiliation, I'm placing all my cards on that table. That's what I want. I'm boasting in that. I'm putting myself up there with Jesus. And what is God's response to that kind of humility and openness? I'm going to exalt that. I'm going to make something so much better shine through your 
life. And when we fight to elevate ourselves, to make ourselves important, that we must be recognized for our achievements, it always leaves us wanting. It's never going to be enough. But when God does it, when God is the one who elevates us, you know what? You did nothing to win because it's not about winning or losing. What appeared to be the end for Christ, what Rome used as a crux, God turned into something glorious and beautiful. And then Paul says in verse 17 of Galatians 6, from now on, let no one cause me trouble for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Such a human thing to say. Can you imagine committing your heart and your soul into something that you believe God has called you to do and you commit your whole life to it, your time, your money, your energy. And a group of people come in behind you and slowly seek to take that work apart bit by bit. No one caused me trouble for I bear the marks of Jesus on my body. See what large letters I'm using. It's almost as if Paul is saying, if you haven't heard anything I've said at this point, and I've poured out my heart to you in five chapters, I want you to pay careful attention. It's Jesus plus nothing. I'm often reminded of the little voices that play around in my head. Those voices that remind me of what I'm not, that remind me of where I've failed, and sometimes remind me of how great I am. You guys have these voices in your head, right? And they percolate around. And so often what I do is I go back into those narratives and I think even on my best days, those, those really good weeks where I'm, where I'm pulling it off, I'm like reading scripture every day, check. I got the prayer thing going every day. I'm walking with God closely. Even on those times, in those days, it doesn't make me any more acceptable to God. And then there's those weeks where I fail, where I miss the mark, where I come up short, where I don't do the things that I think I need to be doing. And even on those worst days when those cruel voices rise up, you know the ones that I'm talking about and you see it. Even in those moments, I remind myself that voice, that person doesn't make me any less acceptable to God. And when Satan comes along and reminds me of how much I've missed it and how much of a failure I am, I rise up sometimes and I say, Satan, it's actually worse than what you're saying. <laughs> you don't know the half of it. But it doesn't define me. Jesus defines me. Jesus is Lord. May I never boast in anything other than the cross. May I never boast in anything that I've accomplished in life other than the cross, through which I have been crucified in Christ, and he now lives in me and breathes in me. So as you go this week and you walk, my encouragement to you is to identify where am I boasting? What is it that I need in addition to my relationship with Christ? Is there something else that I need or is it just simply, it's Jesus plus nothing equals everything.